0: Oh, hello.
1: And welcome to Prompty
0: Prompt. The game show slash podcast that shines a spotlight on new and existing writers via the medium of chatting, creative prompts, coffee and chaos with me.
1: Letty Butler. And me. Stephen Meller,
0: Or Dave, as we like to call him on this show.
1: Here on Prompty Prompt, we don't just talk about the writer's life. No. The highs, the lows and all the bits in between.
0: We don't just promote our guests and their work and unearth their top writing tips.
1: But we challenge them to write.
0: live.
1: Live. In response to a series of creative prompts.
0: Whoa there, Dave. What's a prompt when it's at home?
1: Good question. Mm. (laughs) It can be anything from a word, a sentence, a picture. Anything that gets the creative juices flowing challenges that writer.
0: Okay. So the first challenge is a pre-prepared prompt. Guests get one week to write a 200-word piece, which they will share on the show.
1: Round two is a completely unseen prompt, which they'll hear for the very first time live on the show. We give them three minutes to craft a response.
0: And last but not least comes the grand finale. Exactly the same as round two, but with only one minute to come up with the goods. Sounds fun. That's because it is very fun, indeed.
1: It is indeed, and you can play along at home, and we'll tell you where and when and how during the show.
0: Or perhaps you're just listening in for the sheer entertainment. This is also fine. On today's show, we have poet, playwright, screenwriter and lesbianist Afshan D'Souza-Lodi, and freelance writer for film and TV and creative consultant, Joe Willis.
1: We also have bad sex, pineapples, how to break into screenwriting and lubing up the gherkin.
0: Keep Kupokey! Are you ready for today's show, Dave? I am,
1: I am, I am, I am. Yeah. I've got the giggles. Oh it's not no. a good thing. And I'm dressed like a vicar. That's something else we'll share later on. But anyway, yeah, I'm, well, I'm, if, I am.
0: You've just shared it, so probably okay. don't need to. But I, personally, am a little bit more excited about the guests that we have in the studio with us today.
1: Yeah that's probably yeah that's that should have been my answer.
0: Yeah it should have been. Yeah. So today we we are exploring amongst other things the world of screenwriting and we have with us the lovely Afshan and the lovely Joe. Hello both of you. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on our little podcast today. I'm going to I'm going to sort of throw throw you in to the deep end here. So I would like to know how how you broke in to screenwriting. So the kind of journey that took you roughly where you are today. So we'll start with you, Afshan. That's wow! Right.
2: How did I break into screenwriting um, through the back door because right. it was unlocked and I just ran in and <laughs> um, still everything. I started in theatre. Okay. Um, I started writing theatre, knowing that I wanted to write screen. So my very first like play when I was sixteen was <laughs> it was in the form of a director that was telling the actors what to do on stage within. It was a play within a play because I was that sad little kid um sounds great it was amazing meta Meta at 11 (laughs) there was the director at one point came on stage and was like and now we're gonna fast forward and then kind of like came back on and was like and now we're gonna rewind because basically I saw it as film brilliant I hadn't really gone to the theatre really when I was a kid decided to write for it
0: was that just because it was like the most immediately accessible that that
2: you you could you could do yeah, it. Yeah, there was a competition that was Great. on. It was a Muslim okay. playwriting Project at Royal Exchange that I applied for. And I was writing a novel at the time, um, as 16-year-olds do. Um, oh, and then I converted crazy. the novel. Um, and it was a really short novel, like 20,000 words. Converted um, part of the novel into a play that I'd then submitted to the Royal Exchange and it got through. Had a rehearsed reading in a studio. And that was, like, really fun because it was, like, my words on stage. Which okay. Was Amazing. Jokes.
3: Um, but yeah, no. Similarly, um, just because like not knowing how to, always wanted to write for screen, not knowing how to do it, and I was like, ah, oh, fit a kind of counts if you just put it on in a park, that'll work. And so I started doing that in parks and weird places, like a cool kid. And then like just kept on sort of trying to break through, and then sort of similarly, the back door was open. Wrote a a, a random short film, and that got picked up. Of people liked it because it was quite weird. And then, uh, yeah, the rest was kind of, not history, but happened. Sorry,
1: oh. you both refer to that as the back door. So what would be the front door? Uh, I know yeah. nothing about Probably, Probably, like,
2: um. so my perspective, it'd be submitting a script through a competition, mm. spending, like, years writing for EastEnders or Corrie or Hollyoaks, then submitting to a producer, then getting a series and a writer's room gig, and, and then having it on TV. So like that for me is that's that's the way that screenwriting is often pitched to new writers, emerging writers, is that's the route you're going to take is you do Hollyoaks, so you do Doctors or you do an episode of Casualty and then you get picked up somewhere else. I just I ran in like I've not done any of that stuff. I didn't even have a pilot before I pitched to Sky as in a finished pilot. And they, they picked me up from theatre and then brought me through. And then I wrote pilot because I was like, shit, I need to actually write one because people are asking for one. Wow. Okay, but I
0: mean, I think you're, you're both you're both doing that lovely thing of um, being very self deprecating about actually <laughs> um, the huge body of work. Like, uh, you know, we ask our guests to, to send us a, a CV and, and kind of have you won any awards. It took me probably about an hour <laughs> to read to read both of them collectively. So, what do you think people enjoy most about
2: your work? Oh, that is funny. I mean I think it's funny. I hope it's funny. Yeah. It is. Yeah, well, it's funny. I mean it's funny. Yeah. Then yeah, it's funny. That's what we doing. And what do you think makes it funny? I don't know. I think I'm just writing jokes. And then I think the characters that I write are usually quite complex and nuanced and within that comes humor. I use sexuality and sex quite a lot as a form of humor. Not that sex is funny, but it's it just can a really be very nice funny though, isn't it? Yeah. When you when sex. you think about it. I think I realised really early on that I can write bad sex really well, but I can't write good sex really well. Um, I, I write good sex badly. And maybe that in itself is quite well, funny. Well, that is,
0: yeah, that can also be quite funny. Yeah.
2: Okay, so
0: is there an element of subversion of, of genre? So kind of dealing with issues that people don't naturally assume to be funny and then injecting an element of humour?
2: Yeah. So a lot of it, like, is quite dark. There's always a murder that takes place somewhere in within the world. Um, it's quite political often and more has undertones of politics, small P politics, not big P, because I'm not interested right now in the local government or governments. But yeah, there's always a political element. There's always a, usually about intersectionality or racism or discrimination of some sort, because I'm a brown woman, a queer woman. Um, so I kind of like to experiment and explore those ideas. I did philosophy, so I like to pretend that some of my work is about questioning why we exist <laughs> and what we do. Yeah. Uh, in reality, it probably doesn't do any of that shit, but we'll pretend for now that it does. Yeah, and then when you bring comedy into it, it just makes it all more fun, doesn't it? Like,
0: yeah, I yeah. think it does. That's it, and you know, you, you can't get past the fact that essentially it's entertainment. You you want to entertain people as well as educate and challenge and and provoke and all of those things. Oh, for sure. I have to now. We've you, you've mentioned you know that sexuality. You've described, or you have been described, um, and it's uh, on your website as um, as, oh, a, as a as a lesborist, a lesborist, lesbian, lesbian oh. terrorist. Yeah. I mean, what a fantastic case. <laughs> <Yeah. So laughs> I'm, I'm going to, <laughs> to I'm gonna have to ask you to elaborate
2: on that. Wow, Lesbian, lesbian Terrorists came from a blog that I wrote called lesbarist.blogspot.com that no longer exists. And I'll tell you why in a second. I wrote a play um, called Lesbarist Tapes when I was in uni. Did it as a radio play, took it on tour uh, in Manchester and then to London and then did it as a one-person show and took it to Edinburgh. Um, and when I say took it to Edinburgh, I was there for like a week. But, you know, in Edinburgh time, that's like a year. So the story is that the the woman is a hijab in a cubby. So she wears a niqab. She's a Muslim woman, um, and she's queer. And she decides to um, sexually terrorize London rather than like so rather than blow shit up. Her goal is to um, get people to explode in their pants. Um, what so a fantastic! She, <laughs> so she takes the gherkin Oh, really like and She takes the gherkin and she jams all the elevators. And covers it in pink lube to make a giant vibrating dildo on the skyline of london i mean
0: how can you not love that idea
2: well my mum didn't so oh, <laughs> she right. found she found the blog it was under a fake name a fake gmail account and she found the blog bless her soul and it was all about like what it's like being a queer muslim living in london so it was all like promiscuity and like sex and drugs and alcohol and all that shit um, and she didn't really like it so i had to take the blog down it still exists somewhere in there Took Les Bris quite on tour. Did a a short film with it with Channel Four, um, which took nine months with the legal team because they, really? yeah, because they, I think they were worried about the gherkin. As in, like, you know, use, using images of the gherkin within it. So before we even went to production... Well, they
0: shouldn't have made such a massive phallic symbol in the middle of London then, <laughs> should they? Exactly
2: what I said, right? And the second the second image that I wanted was the RBS logo. And, um, like, uh, a, a sort of, like... Because it looks like a bit of an anus. Yes. And then you have, like, a rocket ship. Sorry. <laughs> it looks like a bit of an anus. looks like a bit of an anus. And you've yeah. got this, like, rocket ship that goes into it um, with, like, a little flag that says, bite the pillow, I'm going in dry. So there's... <laughs>
0: Well, I wasn't expecting this on a Tuesday morning. Are you, Dave? I think I need another coffee. Yeah, I think you do. Don't worry, don't worry.
2: So it's all, everything that I do is about bath of fish and people look at me and don't assume that I'm going to write shit like that and then it comes out of my mouth and they're like, I'm oh, sorry, what? No wonder Sky snapped you up. <laughs> I think that's a compliment. Clever clever, clever, clever Sky, yeah.
0: Right. Okay. So, Joe, that was a a bit of a tough act to follow, Um, (laughs) but yeah, I'm gonna say. Oh, well, I'm gonna ask you. What do you think people most enjoy about your work?
3: I I mean, it's it's, this is the imposter syndrome kicking in. That's (laughs)
0: fine. We've all. I'm not precious.
3: I think that's actually genuinely one of my strengths is that like I'll happily cut my own script to ribbons before anyone else does, and that kind of works quite well. Of like. People are like, oh, I really didn't like spelling. It. Like, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> like, right. which is probably a bit too try-hard. Um, it means that I think I'm I'm like okay to work with in that sense of like I'm not gonna be like, no, this, this page is needed. But then that could be that could be a problem as well. Weirdly, like the sexuality stuff in a in a similar way, talking about bad sex well mm-hmm. is yeah. another thing. Yes, like the the first short film that um, sort of like got through the the back door as such was um, about an older man who basically, rather than decide that he's going to sort of like be a good human being in the twenty first century, instead decides that he's going to get all his frustrations out because no one understands him uh, by fucking a pineapple, and then he turns slowly into a pineapple, uh, and then his wife eats him as a result. Some, some, like when I'm trying to put on my fancy like hat, it. I'm like, oh, it's a combination of Metamorphosis and Bluebeard. Uh, when in reality, it was just that Not I worked up. in a supermarket and someone did fuck a pineapple. <laughs> no, <laughs> and I was like, what, what would drive someone to do that?
0: In, <laughs> like, in the supermarket.
3: In the supermarket, they got uh, well, fired. I, can't, I, I, I can't I, say which branch because you'd probably be able can to. Can you find say out.
0: which supermarket?
3: I, I don't think we want to get done for label. <laughs> right they just like did they buy the pineapple first. Or I think they, they were given it to take a, home because they didn't want to put it back on the front like they put it back yeah
0: no, but did they buy it and then chag it in the staff room, for example, or did they, did they in, no it, it was in it floor? was in
3: full view. <gasps> I work nights, so it's oh, like it was at four am where things get a bit weird anyway. Mm-hmm. The best part was that they couldn't like. They first tried with like a full pineapple, but if you've ever tried to like core a pineapple at four a.m. in the morning with a spoon, it doesn't work. So he then decides to just get a can of pineapple chunks. And
2: no,
0: no, yeah. So I think what we can take from this, listeners, is that you can really find your inspiration anywhere. So if you if you are working in a supermarket to support your writing, then you never know. You might just write the short film that takes you through to the was that the BFI one? Yeah. There we go so, it, it takes uh, anything okay i so, have
2: writer's block i know to turn up 4am at a supermarket yeah it that's really great <laughs>
0: yeah. chaos like. um so i i'm interested in because you're both you know quite openly uh, queer and discuss your queerness within your work and, and kind of within the public spectrum so do you think that has had a massive impact on your work or what's it been like
2: Within the industry, do you feel like it's been a help or a hindrance or sometimes I forget that I'm queer because all the creatives I meet are queer <laughs> and I just assume that they are and then I'm like, Wait, you're straight? Oh, how is that for you? <laughs> I'm yeah. so sorry. Can <laughs> I talk to rude. your mum? Yeah, <laughs> like oh I'm eight. I'm just like, come sit down, let's have a cup of tea. Like <laughs> do you need to go to a support group? Um <laughs> I think I think I came out more because of my writing and because of my creativity because that was a way that I was exploring and understanding myself. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, I think yeah, I think my writing came out before I did publicly, okay. and then I was like, oh no, my writing's out there now, like Lesbist. I was like, shit, sure, I have to come out, and I, you know, it, I, I did. Um, I don't think I ever like was in the closet for that long, but I think now there's. It, it the sexuality and queerness in the same way that my race is so heavily ingrained in everything that i do i don't even think of myself as a queer writer i'm just a writer everything that i do is yeah. queer yeah. everything that i do has got like a, a you know a race element to it or a you know is is looking at religion or asking those questions just because that's who i am i don't even it's just not something, it's just not something that you think yeah yeah I don't think I've ever, I've ever written a straight. No, I have written straight storylines, and they always end up in like death or murder, <laughs> um, in, or like imprisonment. Right. I think that says a lot mm. about why I think about <laughs> heterosexuality. <Yeah.
3: laughs> so making up time for the bury the gays trope, like yeah. I'm
2: coming. Yeah. Here, like. Basically, every straight man is a villain. Like, duh. Amazing. <laughs> uh, similar, Joe.
3: Yeah, I, I, re- I really feel that of, like, um, everyone you meet kind of is queer and it's like that kind of when the, the odd straight in the room and you're like, sorry, we'll just put you in a pen over there. <laughs> like, I remember, like, I was writing queer stuff before I realised I was queer and just didn't, like, pick it up, like, was just unaware. And I think the, the big bit I remember was, like, I was dressed as uh, Anne Hathaway from The Devil Wears Prada um, <laughs> after just having kissed a guy at a party and then someone was like oh so you're obviously queer and I was like oh no I just write about that stuff like I'm not I'm definitely not definitely not like nah just I don't know it's just nice to kiss guys and just not realizing at any point that like what I'm saying I was like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so like, the penny dropped yeah <laughs> like, I think that's
0: really interesting what you say about your writing uh Kind of outing you before um, before you know yourself. Mm. Like I, I have, I, I, you know, it's not in in the queer territory, but there are other elements of my writing. It's a kind of a way of finding out what you think or, or who you are. And I think a lot of people do use writing as a way of finding, mm. you know, self exploration or, or finding out what they truly think about something
2: or feel about something. Mm. Well, journaling does that, doesn't it? Like therapy, and yes, you know, if you if you do therapy, there's often a. a just start journaling element. more, so you can keep a track of your thoughts, but also get a process of, or find a process of getting your thoughts from here, from your brain to the page.
0: So you are both, um, I would like, I, I think, you know, highly collaborative beings. So Afshan, you you have a, a screenwriting partner and that's who you're yep. developing a series with for Sky. So mm-hmm. how did you come to, to enter into that, that um, collaboration?
2: Collaborative relationship. Yeah. I met Golarana at a, a writer's workshop in... London, Tamasha Theatres Writers' Group. Oh. And we were both writing, and she was really weird, and I was really weird. And then we never really, like, worked together until she was going to come to Manchester and move up to Manchester. Um, and we co-wrote a play together called Santi and Naz, which then won a playwrights, debut playwrights award or stage award or something. And one day we, we saw a competition open for BBC, and we sat down, we were like, wouldn't it be really cool if we applied to this together? So we were like, cool, so, like, on Zoom... So during lockdown, we um, came up with a pitch based on an amalgamation of four of our ideas. We had like an Ideas Evernote document open um, and just put them together and then came up with this like really ludicrous pitch and sent it off to BBC. And then like in we sent it off and then we we sat there and we looked at each other and I was like, you know what, I don't think this is a BBC show because like it's bigger budget. It doesn't seem like it's BBC's vibe. Let's send it to somewhere else. And I'd luckily met. Vicky Wharton, who I'm working with now, guy, for a coffee a couple of years back in Leeds. And was, well, I'm just going to send it to her and see, you know, she's not really, we've not really had a proper conversation or engaged really with any of my work. So let me send this and see if she's got any recommendations. And straight away, she was like, yes, let's do it. Let's go for it. How
0: fantastic. Um,
2: so Galarana's coming tonight from London. We're going to spend the next week writing the pilot, but also spending time writing other projects so we're we're working on like what do we want to write next we want to write a christmas movie let's do it let's do a muslim christmas movie because why not that would be really fun
0: i would love to watch that uh and joe you're you're a collaborative human by nature i would say would you say
3: yeah i just i i just like i think working with people because as writing um i always find like it's great it's the best thing in the world for me but also it's incredibly isolatory just by its nature yeah and I think your work gets better when you work with people because there's just more voices that are sort of like constructive seeing sort of the ways out and obviously there's a point where sometimes you have to go and write I just have to go and write by myself and everything but I think it's why I've always been impressed by like the scripts for animated movies Mm -hmm. because animation everyone gets involved and you can tell that like it's not in a sense of like they've tested it to within an inch of the, its life and it's lost its personality, but more that it's so creatively ins- but done but also so well-structured that kind of you can, you. it's just a really amazing guide on how to make a really good story. Like um, the one that I watched most recently was The Mitchells versus the Machines on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Which is, is as like a script when you just read it and like they they went through so many drafts with the team and everything, but it's just so well done. It's like a how to guide of how to write a movie, and it's it's yeah, just like how it pays off themes, how it gets rid of like it does exposition, but without having to do the as you know, <laughs> like yeah, the, the cardinal yeah. scene. So yeah, I think it just I think it just does make you work better. Yeah. Um,
0: Someone to commiserate, someone to celebrate with, and just someone to sort of soften that daily grind. (laughs) Um, What advice would you have for writers who are listening, who perhaps would love to find someone to collaborate with? Maybe they're new to the to the whole writing situation, and and they
2: think actually that sounds that sounds really nice. How how would they go about it? Join a workshop or a writers group. That's the best way to meet other writer friends. And join as many as you can to begin with because you'll find the right one. Not all of them will be right for you um, and, not, and you won't be right for all of them. But okay. there'll be one or two that will stand out.
0: And what, they just Google where they are and what's going on? or
2: Yeah, if you just type in writer's group, usually on Facebook or on Google, with the location or area that you're in, all, there'll always be one that will pop up. Universities usually have one attached to them. Yeah. They're sometimes open to people as well. Every area has a writer development organisation. So New Writing North, I think, would cover... Yeah. This area, Sheffield, but there might be other. There's also places at the showroom or the theatre companies and stuff that have writing groups. Yeah, theatre companies are them.
0: generally pretty pretty hot on the encouraging collaboration and offering kind of opportunities within the new yeah. writing.
2: And if there field. isn't one, you can start your own. You know, just mm-hmm. speak to a theatre and say, "Look, can I do something here on a Monday evening? Can you help support it? What Let's do a call out, and bring people in."
0: How do you think? I mean, I know you've you've both. Afshan, you've recently been a writer in residence for Sky and, and run mm. um, a new a program for new writers in collaboration with New Writing North. <laughs> and Joe, you uh, did the BBC Northern Writers in twenty twenty. Northern voices. Northern, yeah. Northern voices. Um, so I, I feel like there is an upsurge in terms of of how the industry is is developing and nurturing new talent. But what else do you think should or could be done? In order to promote and hear and support new voices,
3: uh, this might be ha- biting the hand that feeds. I obviously have come up for a scheme. Uh, I think schemes are great, but there is sometimes a propensity to just focus. Like companies will go, okay, let's just do a scheme. And I think especially it gets worse when they start sort of looking for a specific characteristic. Whether that be race, sexuality, age, I see box ticking. Then, yeah, right the, they basically then will funnel people and don't give them the support they need and then sort of drop them off at the end. Mm-hmm. I see. Um, and that didn't, luckily, that didn't happen to me. The, I, I should say, like, the, the Northern Voices scheme was great and we had a lot of aftercare. Um, but that came from the person running it being aware of that going into it mm-hmm. and having seen the ways that it hadn't worked in the past. And I think as well like the schemes can sometimes like you've got a lot of people don't do writing even as a part-time job never mind a full-time job even though they might have talent skill like the drive to it it's just life gets in the way and i think sometimes just the industry just focusing on doing schemes can be detrimental to those people that don't have availability to do it like there's got to be potentially other options i think the schemes can be great like um like the skywrite scheme mm. like people on that i know said it's brilliant like the bbc writers room scheme are uh, is great and like but i think there's got to be other things that can be done to support
0: the The people that have, have done those scheme, schemes, a and also the people that don't have the time or, or yeah, or yeah, the availability the, to to actually participate.
3: Yeah, I think the the big thing I'd say for definite is I think all fitters should get rid of higher fees, but I uh, don't know whether that's controversial. <laughs> I think um, tick.
2: We, we we like that <laughs> idea in this room, especially if you're arts council funded, yeah, or NPO. Then yeah, yeah. for sure.
0: Um, Afshan, what what do you what do you think of, about that?
2: Um, I feel like a lot of emerging writers, just echoing what you said, is are stuck in development bubbles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think something that TV could maybe borrow from theatre is um, the Write-in-Residence model and the Adopt-a-Playwright Award or giving a bursary to writers. So Pillars Fun has just launched in the US, which is um, specifically for Muslim writers and Muslim directors. But I think a scheme like that run by each production company. If each company or the major companies, the major like three or four kind of said, okay, we're going to support four writers each year to just write. And by the end of it, you know, if they um, write us something and we, we you know, we get a first refusal or first write a refusal. But the idea is that we're just going to pay you like 15 grand or something or 20 grand. So you don't have to do another full-time job or you can do a part-time job, you know, to support yourself. You can focus on writing that script yeah, and then submit it by the end, and if not to them, then to other companies. Because I think that, I think for a lot of us, what's needed is time, yeah. Not actual. I think the the structure and stuff when it comes to writing a script can be can be put on and can be taught, right? And you can you can put on after you've written the script, but the actual time to write and creatively think and process a storyline, that takes time and energy, and you can't do that when you're working five million jobs at the same time trying yeah, to sure. keep a roof over your head, um, and looking for when that next invoice is going to come through. So. I think bursaries, US fellowships, for example, that model is really great. Okay. Um, so yeah, if you can get a fellowship or you can get a bursary or a scholarship to do like a year's worth of writing, um, or companies can afford to do that, which they can, because you know what, it's the price of an episode, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, why not? Okay,
0: great. Well, I, yeah, I'm, I'm all in favour of that. Okay, what do you watch and Why? <laughs> I'm loving that delicious giggle over there. Oh, God. Awesome. What do I watch and
2: why? <clears throat> At the moment, I'm very obsessed with Turkish dramas. Um, Such yeah. a good answer. <laughs> it's like, <laughs>
0: so unexpected. It's
2: so obscure. And like trying to find them, first of all, with English subtitles is proving very really difficult because I don't speak Turkish. Yeah. But I am learning it because I'm watching it <laughs> subtitles. <laughs> They're each like two and a half hour long episodes, which you feel is really long for an episode. But actually some of it's really worth it. Um I love the angst. I love the the tension. It's all they're all like about romance and like always in a workplace or something. Um and because they work on a very different model to the UK does in terms of or even the US in terms of actors. If you're an actor and you get um from my understanding, if you get bought into a Turkish drama, then you um you write that you want particular amount of hours or particular percentage of time, screen time on a an episode which means that each character has their own storyline and you actually follow them through and you see them which gets a bit annoying if you don't like a character because you're like oh don't give a shit about (laughs) this let's skip you know which you can do on youtube really easily just skip that bit and like fast forward um but really it's it's really um satisfying to watch them because they're full conversation and i'm like i can just have it on and i'm really really enjoying it and they they get so they really suck you in um, and they're so long that like they're just never ending so yeah Turkish dramas <laughs> so Turkish dramas okay. and they're all, all the people are really attractive oh that always helps it's really like the, men and women and there's always an excuse to like get the man like shirtless somewhere and like women wearing like really sexy dresses it's just great um
0: Joe, what do you watch and why um
3: so I for like comfort I when I want to switch my brain off it sounds really weird I watch horror films mm. yeah um just because I'm like no matter how shitty the world is being at least I'm not being chased by like a ghost or a psychopathic killer that you know of uh, that I know of um yeah I really like will watch even like um I'm watching midnight mass at the minute and that's really good and I, I'm really enjoying unwinding to that um and I think as well like I horror as well to bring it back to um, sexuality, <laughs> like I really, I found from like a young age that horror was kind of therapeutic, and I loved watching it because of the amount of like queer writers in horror, which you don't realize. Mm. Um, like Shirley Jackson, Mary Shelley was bi, James Whale, who directed and wrote the, the original Frankenstein movies for Universal, was out and gay, and was like no one gave a shit um about it
0: that's really um, interesting what what uh, any theories around why
2: there's there's a link between queer and gothic yes um of course, so yeah. there's a like a particularly with like queer women and lesbians there's a massive there's a lot of research into like mythology and how um the the goth like the the gothic the witches the mythology linked to that was so open for queer people or or rather if you were queer you were seen as like Mm -hmm. you know being quite vampire-esque or witchy Mm -hmm. that there was a acceptance that took place and there's um a lot of work being done with um i don't know if you know rosie garland or rosie lugosi a a phenomenal (laughs) amazing. she talks a lot about like the the queer gothic and writing the queer gothic because a lot of her work is 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 quite goth um or goth inspired and yeah it's about acceptance i think into into both them and both of them have been othered you know through history
3: yeah which is then why it's it, that's the only problem sometimes with horror is that there can be quite disappointing of like there's a large period where a bit like any film tv where they were like let's just do the white straight men and you're like okay that's not really like have you looked at the history yeah and, you've missed the point here but it's nice i think now that there's there has been a hopefully a big swing back especially like the Haunting of Blind Manor I really loved and um, that made me sob like a baby for like at least two weeks and and there's a really good, it's not Watch but I'd recommend it's like my hidden recommend gem it's not good it's not as that. good as Turkish dramas but it's still really good <laughs> it's um, an audible sort of gothic uh, series it's six parts, self-contained uh, called Sour Hall by Sour a queer Hall. writer um, I think I can't remember their name off the top of we'll my head, it, but we'll put it, it, in, it the, in the show notes. And it's beautiful, brilliant about a lesbian couple who go and move into a farmhouse. And it's just outside of Manchester in sort of like the countryside. And it's both sort of a mixture of like, is the village out to get them? Is it the supernatural? Sounds great. Or is it just that they're on the verge of breakup and it's beautiful and perfect for spooky time?
0: And it's it's audible? Yes. Great. Great. Um, well, we are going to get on to some prompts very shortly.
1: I, I want to know if the fella at the supermarket had his own can opener.
0: For God's sake! I think it, it was or, a pull ring. Have you been thinking about that for this whole time? No, I got, I got loads
1: of other questions. I thought
0: but... you were a bit quiet. Um, right, okay, people, party people. Okay, so the pre-prepared prompt. Um, so this week it was. The day the crayons quit. How did you? How
2: did you feel about this prompt, team? Did you like it when you read it? And all, did you think, oh. I really liked it. That wasn't what, what I was expecting. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, it's a pro- It's an actual prompt. Prompt. It's a prompt. And I was like, oh, amazing. Um, and then I thought about it for ages, and then started writing it, and it came to me. And then I think it's longer. So I've got the 200 word bit for you, but I've got a longer version of it. Mulling over. I love that. And also, you might turn
0: it into something else. Yes, into a
2: stop motion movie, which, so yeah.
0: Don't you Ooh. love that, Dave, that, that we've potentially had a hand in creating... Um,
1: I, I, Well, I just hope we get a credit, you know, that'd be nice.
0: Well, you won't, because you didn't come up with the prompt, did you? Oh. It's actually the title, of, well, I got it from a book called The Writer's Toolkit by Paul Calbury. Oh. Um, we often talk about The Writer's Toolkit, mm. but this is a different one. It's an actual book that I thought, oh, we're doing screenwriting today, so... Uh, This was for a book for screenwriters, but it was all about an existing project I'm working on. So I basically just took a book that he referred to called The Day the Crayons Quit. And then I thought, (laughs) yeah, that'll do as a prompt. Um, prompt. So that's what it was. So who would like to kick us off? Anyone feeling particularly brave? Dave, you look brave today. (laughs) I look like a vicar. vicar. I know, a brave Um, vicar. I don't
1: think I'm feeling brave, but yeah, okay, I'll go first. Daddy, daddy, come and see. What is it, sweetheart? Is that you and me? And Mummy? It was sweet, she still believed, and Father Christmas, two fairies and family. It was only a rental, but he'd worked hard at making it seem like a home for her. It hadn't left him with much, much in his pocket, or time, especially time, time with her. Mummy had insisted on strict access, regulated times and days, two days per fortnight. In the words of Ray Charles, that's what you get for making whoopee. "'And what's happening here?' he said, being as gentle as he could, "'because, not because she had drawn on the wall of the rental bedroom, "'but because she wasn't herself. "'Something had happened at school, and nobody would tell him what. "'It was times like these he felt nothing but pointless. "'That's because the crayons have run out. "'Crayons? "'They were actually felt tip pens, "'and they were the best Christmas present yet. "'Hours they'd spent together, drawing fields, dinosaurs, fairies, "'little cottages by the sea.' fridge and office were adorned with her imagination. Then we'd better go and get some more, hadn't we? Then you can finish colouring me in."
0: Oh, That that was really poignant and lovely, Dave. I love Mm -hmm. that the line was adorned with her imagination. Mm -hmm. And also that you clubbed together, she still believed in all these, by you the, know, Christmas you know, by the Christmas, too very and, family.
2: and family. Yeah. Oh, a sad Dave. Right, well, Ashan. Um The day the crayons quit. Stationery is ruled by the pencil case. The ruling government, they dictated everything from no unions to everything being branded in story blue. The rulers, the compass, and even the pencils were covered in blue. Only the crayons couldn't hide their colours. They were overlooked all the time. Kept broken at the bottom of the pencil case and only bought out in Pizza Express for small children that couldn't be trusted to <laughs> pens. One hot June, a crayon was melted down as a candle. A TikTok trend followed, and suddenly new crayons were being bought only to be burned. The crayons marched, but nothing. They stood before the case and pleaded for justice. The pencil case, once again, stood silent. The crayons didn't plan it. No unions meant they couldn't exactly organise. So it came as a surprise to the whole of stationery when one by one they all quit. The word spread over paper. The crayons are quitting. Without the wax to hold everything together, the pencil craze broke down. The zipper came undone and the tory blue that once coloured everything was discarded. In its place came all the colours of the rainbow. The crayons may have quit, but their legacy lives on.
1: Oh, wow. (laughs) And
2: And just to say the... Story Blue is um, capital T first story. Yeah. <laughs> I
0: mean, I love that. that's the what the contrast between those two stories. Yeah. And I got goosebumps when the when the crayon started marching.
2: Yeah. They've been melted down because of TikTok. Yeah. Bloody TikTok.
0: Um. Thank you, Afshan. Thanks. I cannot. Pl- please, will you send us the the, the longer long version. version as well? Yes. And alert us to any TikTok happenings. I will. I will. I might. I might
2: post it on TikTok. Oh my that god, that would be funny. Oh. <laughs> yes. you, sh- you definitely should do that. It's
1: really nice actually having two people in the room that understand TikTok because it's, it's one of the questions we put to the to, to the guests. You know, Facebook, blah 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 blah. We get to TikTok, and so many people have turned around and gone, God, know what or what is this, <laughs> uh, et cetera, et cetera, and you know. And I sit there and I don't, under, I don't know myself, but it's one of those <laughs> I'm aware of. And it's so we should pick brains afterwards as to tell yes. me more about TikTok.
3: We'll teach you some dances. Talk TikTok.
0: Talk TikTok. I don't
1: talk to us. Learn dancers. Look at me. <laughs> I'm dressed like a vicar. Yeah,
0: but that's why
2: people would like to see you dance day, yeah. especially on TikTok.
1: In, in vicar costumes.
2: Yeah. You'd be very yeah. popular. The dancing vicar. That would be your TikTok app already. Oh.
1: Dave no. the Dancing Vicar. Mm. Oh my God, it's all starting now. And you could just
2: like duet with other people or doing TikTok yeah. dances, but like in vicar mode. Ooh. And then like start the sermon. And this could end up a bit like, take that. Oh my God. Which, <laughs> you know,
1: and I'll be Robbie. Who am I then? Um, don't say Howard. What's wrong with Howard? I don't know. Which <laughs> one's Howard?
0: Well, exactly. Which one's Howard? No one wants to be which one's Howard, <laughs> do they? I'll <Okay. laughs> right. well, be Gary Barlow on, <laughs> uh, Right, Joe. Take us out of this Take that hole okay um
3: red was angry they'd had enough whether it was due to the fact that they'd not been allowed to be next to purple their one true love in the packet or whether they'd just been exposed too much to the documentaries on socialism that their artists left on the tv in the background whilst drawing red had decided now was the time to stand up and make sure that they were more than just a tool that they were not going to be pushed around especially on a piece of paper today was the day they were going to take a stand or at least gently prop themselves up against a book or pencil case
0: I love it. The next one is quite interesting because, mm. um, well, I say it's quite interesting, but um, when we are writing in whatever form, and obviously I was aware that we were kind of talk, discussing the, the screenwriting in particular today, um, but there is a moment, there comes a moment in every story, whatever genre, where we have to introduce or describe or, you know, a character, a new character. Um, so I sort of wanted to have a play around with that today. So for the three-minute prompt, we are going to be focusing on character. Okay, so you can do whatever you want with this. You could write it as, as if you were introducing someone in a, in a script or or in a story or just just take the words. Anyway, I'm just going to let you do it. This is a springboard. So for those of you playing along at home, as soon as you hear the prompt, which is coming up, you have to set your timer for three minutes Press pause on the podcast and then come back to us in three minutes' time. Okay, so for three minutes, your prompt is His name was Sharky. Um did, how did you get on with that? You it's it was quite um a it calm awful. it was quite a calm atmosphere. Was it? I was gonna
3: say <laughs> that, that was acting. I, I in my head I was like <laughs>
0: yeah, right. calm. Do you wanna start? Mm.
3: So uh, I should preface this. Um that I've as soon as you said the word sharky, um I heard the words oi Oi in my head
0: is like
3: Which instantly led me as you do to Tinder. Um, so I've written uh, Sharky's it. introduction in the form of a Tinder bio. I
0: love it. Um, I love it.
3: So we'll see, see if uh, anybody uh, recognises this man. Um,
0: <laughs> Who is Sharky?
3: <laughs> Sharky, 32, interested in women, looking for the gym to map pan. Bit of a lad, if you can't handle the banter, then get off the train. I've been in it a lot in the past and I'm just looking for someone on my level, you know. Not too precious, got some good chat, goes to the gym, can keep up with the pub but looks after themselves. Also must own their own car. I'm not a taxi service. My mate Tomo says, he's all right, isn't he? Good on the eye and a good laugh. Just try not to be around him when blades lose. Not a pretty sight.
0: Brilliant. I, I feel I know exactly who Sharky is. What an interesting way of doing it. Do you ever do that in your, in your, when you're approaching work? I, I try
3: to. I try to do it in. Because I hate doing character description. I don't know about you. I hate like doing the, the standard one. I don't know. You have to kind of do it when you're pitching yeah, yeah. stuff. Mm. But I find it, it really like blocks me because I'm trying to like. I'll start writing about the plot or what, what happens do, around yeah. rather than who they are. So the way I find of like doing it is I'll do it something like this or I'll like just write like a paragraph where they're trying to describe their favourite song because it kind of like. Or, like, what meal they're cooking, how they'd write a recipe, because then it just sort of tricks my brain into going really thinking about the words that they use.
0: What a lovely tip. Um, what a lovely tip. Accidental yeah. tippery. That's yeah.
2: what we learned on the show. I use character as a way of um, trying to work out plot. So I find my plot because of characters. That's, again, such a really wanky My yeah, characters no, no, no. speak Look. to me, they tell me the story. Um, his name was Sharky, or at least the self given name was. No one knew if he'd given himself the name or he'd given himself the tattoos first. But I can assure you that the tattoos is what you saw first. Each shark had been carefully stick and poked and had become what was now thin blue lines. Some of the lines had disappeared over time, given the effect of sharks and water. He liked that. Gave himself levels in it. He pretended it was on purpose, when in fact he was embarrassed to walk into a tattoo shop and get them properly done. In his eyes, a true tattoo is one you give yourself. It shows not just your personality, but your skill and your desire for the end product, regardless of the pain endured. Something about the process, dot, dot, dot.
0: Great. I love that idea of um, the the fading lines yeah. and the, and just this build-up of his whole body covered mm-hmm. in sort of yeah. fading sharks
2: in water. Fading sharks, man. That's why I wonder what
0: his, uh, what
2: his given name was. Do you know that? I don't think anybody knows. I don't think he knows that. <laughs> I think he's given. He gave himself. In my head, he gave himself the name Sharky before he gave himself the tattoos. Okay. And then gave himself yeah. tattoos to, to match back the up name Sharky. The, the yeah. name Sharky. Yeah, but he doesn't know what it is I don't think he remembers or cares or nobody even. It's not relevant. His name is Sharky. Always has been. Always will be.
0: Great. Right, Dave. <laughs> do you want to introduce us to your
1: Sharky? Um, I didn't know who Sharky was. And that's... that's.
0: Is that a theme throughout this piece? <laughs> I don't know
1: anything, yes, it would appear. <laughs> but like you, you, you do that whole thing, the, the characters start talking to each other and eventually something will come out, But except that it was only three minutes and they didn't quite get there. His name was Sharky. Sharky? Yes, Sharky. What? Not Shurgle. You're thinking of Shurgle? Who's Shurgle? <laughs> that old fella down the end of the bar. The You mean the mad one? Yeah. That's not his name. Then what is his name? No idea, but it's not Shergl. Shergl's not even a name. It's not even a word. I don't think it's a word. They stood looking at each other quite happy in the silence for a while, enjoying the beer in the quiet and empty afternoon pub. So who the fuck's Sharky? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lovely. So you basically shirked the Sharky prompt. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: I was about to find out who Sharky was, and then right. you said it, you know you started going on about something else and and i i so get it's my it's my fault it's your fault <laughs> it's your fault the 3 minutes was up and is that the title
0: of
3: the episode now who the fuck is sharky, sharky. <laughs> yeah.
1: who
0: the fuck is sharky who <laughs> the fuck is sharky yeah yeah i think so um great so we're moving on now to the grand finale <laughs> oh my god now every screenwriter's favorite part of every treatment and program is something called the logline isn't it I fucking hate you <laughs>
1: If this is what I think it is, <laughs> then wow. I hate you too.
0: I oh, know, it's awful. I hate myself. Oh, my but God. I just, just can you, because I'm not sure, I mean, Dave probably does know this, but for listeners at home <coughs> who want to have a go at it and who don't know,
2: what is a log line, please? Basically describes the show in one line, tells us the plot, tells us the sexiness of it, and sells the show in a line.
0: Incredibly difficult to do. Mm, yeah. I've, I mean, I've been trying to write the right one for about a month.
2: I we like have got style. a
0: minute. If you're playing along at home, Well done for being brave and also not complaining. You probably are, but I can't hear you. Um, So, set your timer now for one minute uh, as soon as I read out the prompt. You have to create a logline that includes these words. Secret, potent and butcher. Okay? Secret, potent and butcher. And your time starts now
2: okay sometimes you've got to feel the fear and do it anyway guys (laughs) wow see i say that when i'm teaching god is that what i sound like (laughs) yes it's what i'm doing (laughs) who would like to go
0: first oh dave you've been first afshan
2: yeah I'm just going to change this one. Um, I've got three. Oh, my Um, (laughs) my (laughs) God. No, I just, I couldn't work out what what was happening. (laughs) When a potent secret comes out, the butchers must unite to find a way past the gentrification. It's the first one. (laughs) Second one is every butcher has a secret. How potent it is depends on the knife they're using. Oh. Which I like. I like that one. I might use that for the play that, that I'm writing. Um... The butcher has to decide his secret recipe. How potent must the rat poison you put in the meat be? To, I, I, yeah, I think that was more a start of a thing rather than a log line. But. It's number two.
0: I it's think, number two. Two. I think <laughs> number two. I'd watch
1: it. Yeah. Right. Davros. I kind of like got words and they're all mixed up and I can't. Welcome, okay.
0: to, welcome to the world of the screenwriter. Right. Are you ready? I am.
1: A butcher and a pineapple become secret lovers at a late-night supermarket in a potent and explosive new drama.
0: Wow. Dave, can we have it again?
1: That's got uh, A butcher and a pineapple become secret lovers in a late-night supermarket in a potent and explosive new drama.
0: I like the use of explosive. Mm. Um, right, OK, Joe?
3: Um, I went a bit more literal. <laughs> um... So Secret Potent Butcher follows the superheroic, heroic tale of young Jimmy Jinkies who, after being bitten by a rogue cut of mustard-cured ham, now has had a secret identity from the world while saving them from the evil, smelly off-cut meats.
0: Oh. oh, I love it. I love it. What a selection. See, three words. Well done, everyone. I know that was hard. And I think it was important <laughs> that, we, that we go through the hell of writing a long line together. It's easier when there's more of us. <laughs> okay so before we leave where i would like to know what is kind of currently on the table for both of you and also where uh, people can
2: find out more about your work um so i've got a poetry collection called Ari desire that came out last year with Burning eye books um so you can find that on my website and Burning eye books website and if you need to amazon um but don't do that support your indie bookshops instead yes um and then I'm working on another play that I'm taking to uh, Washington in May, which I've not written yet, <laughs> called How to no, Eat Mangoes. No pressure. No, no pressure at all. It's called How to Eat Mangoes. Um, but hopefully it will be R&D sometime January in the UK. Somewhere. Great. I don't know where. Fantastic. Washington, D.C. Washington, D.C. Wow. She's yeah, really yeah, snazzy, yeah, like the, this way, one. Yeah, the US one. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, if I get in, I, I should. I've just, Yeah. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um
0: and your website we- is
2: Afshan um, My Twitter and Instagram is the same and I'm on TikTok as well. And I just post wax seal videos. Wax seal. <laughs> so videos. wax seal wax pouring
0: videos that you seal. Well now you can add oh, wax yeah. crayons. Yeah,
2: I think so. I think that's the next jump actually oh, is to do that.
0: I can't wait. We're gonna have to get ourselves on TikTok. We are now, yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. you should. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And Joe, what about you? What's what are you what are you currently working on? Where can people find out a bit more about you and your work?
3: I'm working on a BFI short at the minute, um different to the pineapple one which um should be out in January 2020. Two, Fantastic! Which exciting. Um, uh, which is a gothic horror. Um, no surprises there. Yeah, <laughs> got to stick to stick to your guns. Um, and then uh, I've got another one that I'm making, which is about a vegan cult, um, which will be coming out May next year. Brilliant. Um, and then you can find me on all social media at Falls Over a Lot. <laughs> Yeah, because
0: you do. And your website, please?
3: JWWriting.com Great. Because it turns out there's already a Joe Willis out there.
0: What? How dare he?
3: They're a reverend. um, They brought Christianity to the Mississippi, apparently.
0: Dave? Wow. It wasn't me.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, but also
0: you you um you run you a uh, creative consultancy as well. So you do yeah. script services and and you do script editing and consultancy and so if people need a little bit of a helping hand,
3: yeah, I I, I do cheap rates um, and yeah, probably for free at points because I'm really bad at invoicing. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's yeah. kind of like it's my side gig to make the writing work. Um, but. Yeah, I do uh, script supervising, script editing, I help with funding applications and bits and pieces if people need it. Fantastic, um,
0: great. <laughs> well, thank you both so much for coming and talking to us today. It has been a riot from start to finish. <laughs> I've had such a nice time. Thanks for um, us. Um, yes, thank And you. thank you, as always, to our. Uh, our hosts, our studio host, um, Sheffield Hallam University, to our lovely producer, Peter from Cornucopia Radio, to you, Dave, uh, okay. just for being here. <laughs> thank you. Um, and of course, to everybody listening at home, thank you so much, and we'll see you next time.
1: If you've been playing along at home today, we'd love to see your responses to any of the prompts. And if you're a writer who would like to be on the show, please send us an email to promptyprompt at gmail.com.
0: You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at promptyprompt or head to our website, which is promptyprompt.co.uk or promptyprompt.com. We've got both. Just in case. You'll find information there on our website about how to join our Discord server. Come and join the community, share your written work, connect with others, and have fun with your own writing prompts.
1: If you'd like more information on today's guests or a recap of the prompts, they're all available for you as part of the
0: show notes. And finally, if you have enjoyed Prompty Prompt, and we really, really hope you have, please share the shit out of it. Tell your chums and tell your mums. And if you could give us a five-star rating so new listeners can find us more easily, that would be amazing.